Welcome to another podcast from Hepatitis Victoria. Today I'm speaking to Jennifer McLaughlin, who is an epidemiologist. She's also a member of the board of Hepatitis Victoria. Welcome, Jennifer. Thanks, Mark. This is a really ignorant question, but epidemiology, what is it? That's a big question. So essentially, epidemiology is really the study of disease, but at a population level. So not so much things like how do diseases infect people, things like who does a particular infection affect, uh, where, what's the distribution of a disease in a population, which countries have a higher burden, those sorts of things. So it's really trying to track who's affected, who are priority groups, what's the distribution of disease, that sort of thing. And it really has an aim of guiding public health. So for example, we want to try and focus on people who have a higher risk of disease or that sort of thing to try and make an impact. How did you become interested in this area? It's rather specialised, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So I've got a science background. I was always interested in science, but not so much the sort of laboratory aspects. I really uh, found it more fascinating to look at things like trends of disease and uh, analysing data and that sort of thing. I did a Master's of Science in Epidemiology and just found it really, uh, really fascinating and I found that it was something that I guess that I could do well. And where did the interest in hepatitis come along and, and how did you marry those two interests, if you like? Yeah, so I was interested in all infectious diseases really when I first started studying and then um, Early on in my master's program, I had a lecture and it was about hepatitis B and I just found it so fascinating that it was such a common disease. It affected so many people, but there was such little sort of public recognition of its importance and a lot of people who were living with the disease didn't have access to care and and weren't being diagnosed and uh, a lot of clinicians were not not aware of the consequences and, and I thought I could make a difference in that type of area. Were we doing epidemiological studies of hepatitis before you came along? We were, but in sort of different ways. So there were studies that were done to assess sort of the impacts of vaccination. It was very much focused on uh, testing people to see whether the immunisation program was being effective. There wasn't really the same focus on trying to measure the burden of chronic disease. And there weren't any estimates of the uptake of treatment and care um, and that sort of thing. But there was definitely recognition that the disease was underdiagnosed and that there was a lack of awareness in, in particular communities. So this brings us to your recent report, mm-hmm. um, the 2016 National Hepatitis B Mapping Project. Can you talk about that and, and where it fits in the research you've been doing over the last few years? The mapping work has really been going on for quite a long time, so that started off in 2012. What we're doing is trying to every year uh, improve what we do, make sure that it's more uh, focused and useful for people, make sure that we expand what we're measuring, and really trying to keep track. We have national strategy targets that are set, and we really want to see how we're going and, and progressing on those every year. And where have we got with this report. What's interesting is that although we are making gradual progress um, as a nation in reaching those targets, it's really not as rapid as we need it to be. So for example, treatment uptake is increasing by only about 1% a year, but we really need it to effectively double in order to reach the national strategy targets and it's just not moving quickly enough. And why is treatment uptake, I think it was 7.2% yes. overall, so low? It's, it's tricky to answer. There's a lot of different factors that impact it. And what we see as part of the mapping is that that really varies. So as you say, 7% was the average, but in some places it's as low as 2%. And in some places it's as high as 16%. 
that's an indication that there's local factors that really drive the level of uptake. So it may be awareness in a particular community, it may be uh, clinicians having a, a better grasp of the impact of disease and what to do when they diagnose someone. Um, and it may be just as basic as access to healthcare services. People in rural areas tend to have lower uptake of treatment for hepatitis B, and that may be because there's not enough doctors in the area who can who can support that. And the national strategy says that we have to get a 15% treatment target to even come close to reaching the 2030 goal of elimination. Where do you think we are with that goal at this point? For hepatitis B, I think it really is possible but it's going to take a really revolutionary change. I think we can't just keep going the way we have been in terms of the amount of funding and the policy attention that's being paid to Hep B. Um, it really needs a big shift in order to reach those targets. But I do think that we can do it if we really invest. When you say revolutionary change, do you mean more recognition, more funding, more government support? Yeah, absolutely. And when we talk about the revolutionary change in hepatitis C, that was in getting really effective treatments and that's only happened in the last few years and that's been fantastic. But for hepatitis B, we already have really effective treatments. Uh, the revolution that needs to happen is in getting them out to people who need them and getting that awareness level up and making sure that there's funding to support those sorts of programs. Do you have any ideas about how we could do that yourself, besides making these fantastic reports with great data? Yeah, so I think it really needs to be driven uh, by the affected communities. That's something that we really believe strongly, that unless uh, people who are affected by hepatitis B feel empowered and have the awareness and the level of access that they need in order to get treatment, in order to get engaged with healthcare services and be provided with appropriate and supportive care, that's really the essential component. There's other aspects. I think we need to upskill the clinical workforce. GPs need a lot more awareness and we need dedicated programs to go out and reach communities who have a, a lower level of diagnosis and care and engage them. I think one of the things is that those communities that are affected tend to be marginalised or yes. immigrant communities, recent communities and stigmatised as well. Absolutely. And even without the extra layer of hepatitis B, which can add stigma for people, just uh, being from a migrant population in the sort of current political environment is something that people don't particularly want to draw attention to. And I think it's a real struggle to be able to stand up and say, I want to demand better access or hepatitis B care when you're from a community that has been, um, has been marginalised historically. In terms of future research data that you're working on, what have you got up your sleeve? Any surprises, anything that you can give us hints about? Yeah, we've got some really exciting things coming up. So the mapping projects that we do now, they're separate data sets. So for example, we look at the number of people living with hep B, we look at the number of people getting treatment, and we can get a pretty good assessment at a population level of how many people are in care. But one of the things we're working on that we're hoping to have available at the end of this year uh, is a study that's going to link together all of those data sets. So rather than looking at groups of people and individual separate records, we'll be able to link a, an individual person together. So we'll be able to see when did they get diagnosed? When did they get follow-up testing? Did they get treatment? How long did it take them to get into regular care? And how well is their follow-up being done? So really much more specific level of data, and that's really exciting. You also published a report on hepatitis C, which is the first mapping report, is that right? Yeah, so there's been work previously by the Kirby Institute, which has looked at treatment uptake at a national level, and also at 
particular jurisdictions, but this is really the first time it's been broken down any further than that. So looking at really detailed small geographic areas, so 50 to 100,000 people, what's the prevalence and what's the treatment uptake in those areas. And how did you use what you learned from your hepatitis B mapping project for hepatitis C? What, what learnings were you able to bring across? It's, it's been really useful to have that experience, not just in what data sources we use and, and how we present the information, but also one of the key aspects that we've found with hepatitis B mapping is that it's really important for us to go to the people who are using the data and the reports and find out what's useful for you. What do you want to see? What more information do you need? How can we present it in a way that really helps you do your work? Because it's not about us just producing a report, it's about making sure that it, it gets used and that the people who need the information to design programs or to advocate for funding, that it's as useful as it can be. And what was the reaction to two recent reports that you published? It's interesting. Hepatitis B still doesn't get much of a reaction and I think the sort of continual low level of uptake of care and treatment continues to be a concern but it's not particularly new and exciting. I think with hepatitis C there was a lot of interest in looking at how the data impacts on our progress toward elimination and also from certain particular areas who are concerned that a low level of treatment uptake in their region and, and trying to figure out what could be done to improve that. Your research, is it unique to Australia or have you taken learnings from overseas or conversely are any overseas jurisdictions looking at what you're doing? Yeah, we absolutely look at what other countries are doing and both in terms of how we estimate hepatitis B prevalence and, and what data sources we use, but also our unit is very involved with the World Health Organization and taking our work to other countries, particularly in uh, developing regions. The, a lot of the estimates that we produce are available from routinely collected data. It's not a particularly expensive or time-consuming process to go out and uh, to get the data in the same way that it is to go and do a trial or a survey of individual people. And so we're really hopeful that the sort of methods that we've used can be applied to a lot of other places to get similar estimates and to track progress over time in, in reaching those elimination goals, which are a global agenda as well as a local one. Recently I was talking with Melanie Eagle and she was saying that she didn't think we we're on track to, to reach the elimination goals from 2030. There's only nine countries which even, including Australia, which are going towards that. I mean, what, what's your opinion? I think... It's really different depending on which country you're talking about and I think one of the real struggles is the cost of the drugs. Uh, we're really lucky in Australia that the government was a fierce advocate for people living with hepatitis C and making sure that the drugs available for everyone who was affected um, and on the PBS and we, we have that system but in a lot of other places there's out-of-pocket costs, uh, the drugs are very expensive and there's less access and so I think that underlying element would need to change in a lot of places in order to make sure that we can reach those targets and get treatment to people. If you had a magic wand you could wave it and you could create um, a, a new situation in Australia to eliminate hepatitis B, what would you like to happen? We really need to change every element of the healthcare system and the cascade for people who are living with chronic hepatitis B. So we need to make sure that whenever a person who is in uh, a population group that's at risk for hepatitis B goes to a doctor that yeah they're offered a test. We need to make sure that GPs are aware of what to do with those results, how to engage people in care and what needs to be done next. Um, and we need to make sure that the communities affected have the type of support that's needed to address 
that issue in a, in a broader level because it's not just a disease that affects an individual person. It affects families, it affects communities. So it's waking up to the seriousness of the, of yeah. the disease and making sure that we, we tackle it effectively in a sense. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, there's other diseases that have a very strong level of public awareness and a really clear sort of policy drive. And I think we just really need to get hepatitis B into that same space so that policymakers and clinicians are thinking, I absolutely have to make sure that I look after everyone with hepatitis B because if I don't, really bad things will happen. And that is the case for those people living with hep B. Going back to the idea of epidemiology, Mm -hmm. what does big picture data reveal about on the ground changes and results for people? No, it's, it's really interesting, particularly when we look at hepatitis C treatment uptake. So what we see is sort of the average level of treatment uptake for the first year of, uh, of the new drugs being available was about 20%. But across different geographic areas, that gets as low as 7% and as high as uh, 27%. And so what that reveals is that there's real disparities in, in the underlying level of service awareness and uh, treatment access for people. And it can show different drivers. So in some areas, uh, it's that there's a a greater number of specialist prescribers who can get access to people for their hepatitis C drugs. And in other areas, there's really strong local programs. So we see very high uptake in in South Australia. And they have a, a really strong program of hepatitis nurses who support workforce and who engage people in care. And you can really see the impact of those t- kinds of local programs when you look at the, the big picture of, of variation according to geographic region. You can really see what the individual changes that those areas can, what kind of impact they can have. Mm. Amazing the, um, the, the lens that data can give you, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And it's really interesting. I mean, we look at it from our sort of perspective and then when we actually go out and talk to people who are working in that area we can get a lot of really fascinating sort of feedback and and guidance from them about what they're doing and how that's impacting the figures that we see. I mean in a sense what you're doing you're giving uh, policy makers, doctors, others the tools, the, the actual data to help change uh, lives on the ground aren't you really? Without that data we can't do that. One of the things that has been really useful for people is a lot of for example clinicians they see things in their local area they see that treatment uptake is lower they see people presenting with end-stage liver disease but they don't have the ammunition to be able to change that at a government or a policy level and we can provide them with that information and say well here's where your area ranks in the country they can take that information up to government and say here's the really clear evidence that we need more support uh, to improve outcomes for people who are living in this region. That was Jennifer McLaughlin, an epidemiologist at the Doherty Institute. And if you would like to find out more about what we're doing, go to our website, that's hepvic.org.au.